A transcript is available for free on our Patreon page. You can find the link in the episode's description. The clock is sticking. The Norwegian archipelago is warming quicker than any other place. Getting informed on climate change can sometimes feel overwhelming and depressing. I definitely suffer from climate anxiety. But the good news is that there are plenty of solutions and inspiring initiatives happening all around the world. My name is Nagisa. My name is Abby, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to Planet, Planet Now, a podcast that explores empowering stories to rebuild our hope for the future. Have you noticed the summers are getting hotter where you live? Especially if you're in a city, your answer might be yes. Climate change is increasing temperatures around the world, and that's bad news for cities. While most of us enjoy sunny weather, When temperatures get too hot, it becomes a real danger to people's health. The dense concrete buildings and pavements in cities trap heat and they keep temperatures high, an effect that's known as the urban heat island. And it's a lethal issue. Thousands of people die every year because of hot city temperatures. Infants and elderly people are especially vulnerable to this. Is there anything that can be done to help keep us cool? Thankfully, new research has revealed a way to save many of those lives. An international team of researchers has analysed 93 European cities and they found that planting more trees in cities keeps temperatures lower. A tree coverage in the city of 30% instead of 14.9% would decrease temperatures by 0.4 degrees Celsius. Now this might seem like a small difference, but it would save thousands of lives. The study estimated that out of 6,700 premature deaths in 2015, 2,644 of those could have been saved if tree coverage was higher. More trees also bring a host of other benefits, including better mental health and increased urban biodiversity. However, green space in cities is often distributed unequally between rich and poor neighbourhoods. For our next story, we're going to talk about how we can travel more sustainably. To keep global warming to 2 degrees by the end of the century, our individual carbon footprint needs to decrease rapidly. It needs to get under 2 tons of CO2 per year per person by 2050. And just to give you an idea, one person making a return flight from Paris to New York emits about 1 ton of CO2. As a general rule, the shorter the distance from home, the lower the impact. So it's helpful to consider some other options that might be just as enjoyable like exploring your surroundings or destinations accessible by train. Of all transport systems, train is the most environmentally friendly option. A trip from Paris to Milan represents only 2.8 kilos of CO2 emissions by train, against 147 kilos of CO2 emissions by plane, or 82 kilos with a non-electric car. Trains also offer the opportunity to enjoy the landscape, a nice book, and arrive directly at the center of the city, contrary to airports that are usually located further away. If you need to travel with a car, though, the greater the number of passengers, the lower the impact per person will be. You can use websites like Blablacar or Carpool World to find people for car sharing. By the way, I'm going to give a couple of websites throughout this story, but don't worry, you can find them in the episode's transcript. The link is in the description. What about cruise ships? Unfortunately, studies have revealed that even the most efficient cruise ships emit three to four times more CO2 than commercial flights. And the air on board is usually worse than in a busy city center, so not great for the environment or for your health. And if you need to go to an island, keep in mind that ferries emit a lot of fine particles. But in terms of CO2 emissions, ferries are better than planes. They emit around three times less CO2 emissions. 
You can also offset your trips emissions by financing eco-friendly projects, but offsets are not always regulated and they don't necessarily make up for your emissions. It's still better than nothing though, if you really can't avoid a plane trip. In that case, you can consult the website Climate Action Reserve that checks and rates offset programs. What about accommodation? Because of their high energy consumption, heating, cooling systems, swimming pools, laundry, and single-use packaging, hotels usually have a heavy carbon footprint. You can find more eco-friendly alternatives through websites like bookdifferent.com, GreenGo, WeGoGreener, and many others. Some companies like Local Travel or Chiloway can also help you organizing eco-friendly trips or activities. And once at your destination, you can look for sustainable ways to enjoy the surroundings. Go for a hike, a bike tour, prioritize public transportation, or again, car sharing. If you need a car, consider an electric one. Remember that the smaller it is, the less impact it has. And if you're next to the water, choose sailing over renting a power engine boat. Make sure to stay on marked path to protect wildlife and natural resources. Avoid using too much water, especially in areas affected by drought. Always be careful to clear up your waste and as much as possible, consume local ingredients and prefer plant foods to meat and dairies. If you want to, you could also make great use of your free time by volunteering in an animal shelter for environmental projects like beach cleanups or eco-friendly festivals. Another option is to volunteer in an agroecological farm and in return get free accommodation and food. For our next story, we're moving to Sri Lanka, a small island country in the Indian Ocean. Because of deforestation, elephants have been pushed away from their natural habitats and they are now looking for food in human settlements. These elephants eat food that they find in dumps and often end up suffering agonising deaths from eating the plastic that's mixed up with this food waste. And other wildlife, such as deers, are also suffering from accidentally eating this discarded plastic. Fortunately, elephants are considered sacred in Sri Lanka, so the government has decided to ban single-use plastics to prevent these deaths. Beyond Sri Lanka, plastic waste represents a huge threat for wildlife in the world. Humanity lived without plastic for centuries, but since the 1960s, our dependence on this material has increased to unsustainable levels. Most of the plastic we use ends up on land or in oceans, invading wildlife habitats. This material is toxic and it represents a great threat. Ingesting it can cause diseases or deaths, and a lot of animals also get trapped or injured by plastic. A simple and obvious solution is decreasing plastic consumption by implementing more regulations, like Sri Lanka has done, or replacing it with natural and reusable alternatives. In some parts of the world, we're right in the middle of summer, so for our next story, we're going to talk about sunscreen. The incidence of skin cancers has been increasing in recent decades, and it is projected to rise even more in the future. Skin cancers can be due to ultraviolet radiation, commonly known as UV radiation. UVs are not all bad. Our bodies need some UV radiation from the sun to form vitamin D, but too much exposure can damage the DNA in our skin cells and cause skin cancer. So on top of making regular checks at the dermatologist, it is essential to protect our skin with sunscreen. The problem is many chemicals present in these sunscreens have proven to be very toxic for the environment. The Ocean Foundation has revealed that about 14,000 tons of sunscreen end up in oceans every year, endangering aquatic life and coral reefs. Between pollution and global warming, coral reefs are already under threat, but sunscreens are making things even worse. 
When we go into the ocean with sunscreen on, some chemicals can seep into the water and be sucked up by corals. These chemicals, like oxybenzene, can lead to coral bleaching by disturbing their reproduction and growth cycles. Bleaching is the first sign of coral death, and when coral reefs die, the whole marine ecosystem is impacted. And be careful with sunscreens labeled as reef-safe or reef-friendly. These terms are not regulated, so apart from checking the list of ingredients, there's no guarantee that you're not harming the ocean. Some places like Hawaii, parts of Thailand, Mexico, or the Caribbean have banned a whole list of sunscreens that are harmful for the oceans. More regulations like these are crucial, not only to protect our environment, but also to protect our health. Regular exposure to these chemicals raises some serious health concerns, particularly the three O's, oxybenzene, octinozate, and octocrydine. These toxic ingredients can be absorbed through the skin, disrupting our hormones and increasing the risk of certain cancers. And the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, found that these ingredients could be detected on the skin and in the blood weeks after applying sunscreen. Regulations are still lacking on that field, and so hundreds of sunscreens with concentrations far above safety recommendations are still authorized on the market. But we still need to protect our skin from the sunlight, so what can we do? Well, in general, mineral sunscreens are safer than chemical sunscreens. But mineral sunscreens can contain nanoparticles that can be toxic to the environment, so it's better to look for mineral formulas without nanoparticles. And I know it's tricky to find all these things, but the best option would be a plastic-free sunscreen, so you can double protect the environment by avoiding the use of plastic. You're probably wondering how to find this. That's why we've put a link in the episode's transcript with a list of products verified by the Environmental Working Group. Hopefully this will be helpful. Due to hunting, urban expansion and deforestation, the jaguar is one of the many endangered species in the world. In Mexico, the animal, which has long been worshipped by the Maya and other ancient civilizations, was in decline. But thanks to conservation projects led by an alliance of ecologists, NGOs and local communities, the number of jaguars is now growing. The population increased by about 800 animals between 2010 and 2018. A big part of the conservation project was to develop deals between the Mexican government and farming communities helping them to switch from ranching or illegal logging to forest management and sustainable agriculture. An ecologist who has been working with jaguars in the region for almost 25 years, called Ceballos, said, Local people have been critical. Where they have the funding and incentives to protect the forest, they become the most important ally. Every week we finish with a pretty amazing fact about our planet, a little planet wonder. Did you know that giraffes only sleep about 40 minutes per day? Some research has shown that while in captivity, they can keep their eyes closed on average 4.5 hours per day. In the wild, giraffes sleep around 40 minutes a day. In fact, they take several short power naps that rarely exceed 5 minutes, and they often take them while standing. As the tallest animal in the world, standing up is a long procedure that could take too much time to escape from a predator especially because giraffes are not very well equipped to defend themselves. They don't have sharp teeth, claws, or built-in armor. So as a defense mechanism, they take these short naps, ready to run at the approach of any nearby predator. A little cute fact, when they sleep sitting, their legs are folded under them, their necks turned, and they use their rumps as a pillow, resting their heads on them. Another animal that is known to be a light sleeper is the elephant. Elephants sleep around two hours per day, 
often standing as well. So if you could choose which animal you'd be in your next life, I would recommend going for a lion or a tiger rather than a giraffe or an elephant. Lions and tigers sleep nearly 20 hours per day. And if you want to be really lazy, a koala is a perfect fit for you. Koalas sleep between 18 and 22 hours per day. Planet Now is a Kibo production created by Abigail Wilkin and me, Nagisa Morimoto. If you would like to help us present more stories like these, please check out the Patreon link in the episode description. You can also support us by leaving a review and sharing this podcast with your close ones. And don't forget to subscribe if you don't want to miss out on next week's episode. Thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.